surround yourself with the right people right um, if you have a smartphone you can easily access the world treat it as a professional right people are making lots of money on social media when i was nine years old life was pretty amazing i grew up in a very safe home where every meal was catered for and i had somebody cleaning up after me and i went to a great school come home and get help with my homework and then i'd sit in front of the tv at night and watch airwolf with my dad but my guest on the show today had a very different experience at the age of nine he suffered an unimaginable tragedy um, and was left orphaned the youngest of 10 siblings uh, in his family and alex and was sort of passed from one family member to the next and didn't really know where his next meal was coming from, how he'd get to school, even how he could afford school shoes. And he started his own business at the age of 12 in those circumstances because he decided to take responsibility for his own well-being, registered his first business at the age of 16 or 17 in grade 11, and has been a lifelong entrepreneur who now runs a very successful mobile car wash business called Moby Wash SA. And his story, Robert's story, is just one of absolute perseverance, triumphing over immense odds stacked against him. And it was just a real privilege speaking to him today. This is a story of uh, tenacity. It's a story of asking and receiving help when you figure out how to leverage networks that you didn't imagine would ever be in there. I mean, the reason Robert and I am talking on the show is because he reached out to me on Twitter and said, my business is amazing and you should speak to me. Um, it was a real privilege speaking to him today, and uh, I hope you'll learn as much from this conversation as I did from recording it. Without any further ado, Robert and Charlie. So Rob, we connected on Twitter originally, yeah. and I had to chuckle right now when I was just checking. I see you've updated your Twitter handle. You are now, uh, <laughs> you're not Robert and Charlie anymore. You're now Alexandra's Robin Hood. Please explain this new, this new Twitter positioning to me. <laughs> No, I think I just love the concept, right? I'm a big um, Robin Hood fan. Yeah. So I just love the concept because I was watching it recently, the new one. Which one? There's been so many. Um, like... There's a recent one with um, Jamie Foxx. Yes, yes. Yes. And the Taron Egerton one. The, yeah. The, yeah. 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 Okay. So, and I'm like, actually, this is pretty cool. You know, stealing from the rich, giving to the poor, <laughs> you know. And I initially had this conversation with my wife and then she's like, hey, why that name? That's weird for an entrepreneur. I'm like, no, basically, you know, like in a professional way, you know, the position that I'm in right now, you know, because I'm big on youth empowerment and like just, you know, giving back to the community and the people who are less fortunate. So mm. I was like, where I am right now, I have access to information, mm. right? Which is a big thing for people in the township, Alexandria originally, because that's where I'm I'm from. Yeah. So I'm gonna go, right? Yeah. And get all that information. I'll come back to the township and give back. You know, give people access to information. I'm not stealing per se, but the whole concept of you accessing certain resources from you know, people who are well off in terms of like whether it's information, whether it's finances, whether whatever, yeah. right? Um, just take all those things and give to people. And I was like, yeah, I, 
I can like literally say I am Alexandria's Robin Hood. <laughs> so, so you're creating a conduit for the efficient redistribution of resources. Basically. You see, you can tell I used to be in PR. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's amazing. And you're doing the the I mean the the way that you're doing this, the yeah. method is this incredible business. This yeah. Moby Wash essay. It's both a mobile app. And then obviously a real world experience, but I can use Moby Wash say to call somebody to come to my house and to to wash my car for me. Definitely. Right? And and what areas are you serving at the moment? Um, so we're basically like available in twelve locations. Okay. Right? We have your Bryanston, your Ranberg, your Santon, Four Ways, um, Morafontein. Edenvale, Dower Glen, and and and. Okay, know. cool. Um, so so a nice footprint across Johannesburg. Yeah, and yeah, we're literally just covering the north and east, basically. Yeah. For so those now. are the only places that really matter. I mean, yeah. as, as a boy from Benoni, I mean, the east is that's where it's at. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but um, look, the business is just a year old. Yeah. So and we're just literally just trying to cover as many areas as possible. But this is not your first entrepreneurial venture, right? Uh, oh, Robin, you've even. been a business owner and an entrepreneur, a Robin Hood, for, <laughs> for a long time, right? So yeah. tell, me, tell me about how you kind of got to this point and, and why you started on an entrepreneurial journey. Um, so I initially um, started, what, selling at the age of 12. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so just to give you like an idea of who Robert is. Yeah. So born and bred in Alexandra Township. Yeah. I'm from a family of 10. Whereabouts in Alex? There's a place called 11th Avenue. Mm-hmm. So it's like a very decent place with a block of flats. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'm from a family of 10. So I normally tell people my mom was blessed. So she had like five boys, five girls. Wow. And I'm the last one. Okay. So <laughs> Yeah, the last one and the odd one. So, okay. yeah, unfortunately, I lost my mom when I was um, nine years old. Sure. Um, she was murdered in, in Soweto and I was like there. So sorry. Yeah, no, it's all good. You know, I was there to witness the whole thing. And, yeah, it kind of took its, you know, it, it, it changed how I see things in yeah. life, you know, because um, I was like a mama's boy. You know, yeah, from yeah. from the get go, you know. Yeah. And well, you were the little one, right? Exactly. Like, yeah. yeah. So, and nine years, and unfortunately, I didn't even know my dad, so I mm. don't know who my father is. Mm. But as you know, time went by after my mom passed away. I think after an, um, a year later, I actually realized because then I was moving from one relative to the other. Sure. You know, so you can imagine what that does to to a ten year old. Mm. You know, because already now you don't have that sense of security. You in in your mind because you keep moving and there's no place where you can feel safe you know like emotionally you know even like physically you know and i mean there's no there's no unimportant time in your life i mean obviously we yeah. we talk about different phases of life as being important but that period is yeah. a really tough period because essentially like you, you you know you're transitioning into being a teenager and that's where the origins yeah. of your identity yeah. start right yeah. so i mean it's such a tough time yeah. to find yourself without a, a safe space without a foundation yeah exactly because some a lot of people tend to be like oh no he's just a kid you know yeah. what i mean yeah. and but not realizing that actually kids understand what's happening around sure. them you know and i understood that because that's when i initially made um that decision that look um as things stand you're on your own and you're going to need to figure out how to do this thing called life 
But where did that come from, Rob? Because there's a lot of people who, in under that same circumstance, would go the other direction yeah. and might um, resign themselves to their circumstance and say, well, there's nothing I can do here. Yeah. This has happened beyond my control. But there's a kind of a tenacity to you, right, that is different. Where did that come from? What is the spark that caused that drive, if you like? Uh, I think from, yeah, like from a very um, young age, I had a very interesting, even when my mom was still alive, I had a very um, interesting um, <laughs> upbringing because I was, I still am. Yeah, I'm scared of failing, mm. right? And I'm not saying I'm an overachiever, right? But the, the thought of not doing well doesn't sit well with me because even when my mom was still alive, it, it wasn't a matter of, me being comfortable uh, or mm. you know so it was just um, i was always on my toes but you know at the back of my mind i knew that look you have your mom you know my mom is always there mm. you know but as soon as she like you know disappeared and passed like when she passed on it it was just a matter of dude you need to have this thing going and this thing that has always been at the back of my mind saying you are so you like afraid of failing and i was like you know what i just need to do things on my own but you know find ways of how you can do it you know but not in a illegal way but how can you come out of your situation and in a good and positive way you know do you think she instilled that in you that was something that she imparted in you before you lost her maybe because um she she was never like a person that would like sit me down and have a discussion with me. Yeah. But I think maybe somewhere somehow with her, like subconsciously her example. Like, yeah, yeah. And I honestly don't understand how, but <laughs> maybe but like just looking at how she did things and mm. also and also she wasn't like a you know a person that was vocal in um my my mom was also an alcoholic. Mm. Um so so whenever I would be with my mom, would always go to like pubs yeah. and she'd like drink to sure. like. It's tough, yeah. Yeah, and every time when I have to come back home, it's just me helping her, directing her yeah. where we need to go. So already you can see it, you, you need to like. Take some responsibility. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I think from that, because I was always with my mom, um, some of my relatives even made um, fun of me saying um, I am my mom's handbag, basically, because sure. I'm always, you know, there. And I think maybe come to think of it, it, it could be that because I was already responsible and trying to like protect, mm. you know, her when she's not in the right state of mind. Because I I knew every pub and spot that she would go. Yeah. So she would go for like days and leave us, you know, with no one to look after yeah. us. So yeah. you, you kind of have an idea and you're in Alex, you know, it's these like drugs, alcohol, all these things like crime and everything. So you pretty much understand, you know, like um, the kind of. grew up very quickly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I always say this, that I personally, I didn't get to enjoy my my childhood i didn't because i wasn't offered the opportunity to be mess around yeah. yeah be a kid and like Jeez. you know do all these dumb things that kids do like yeah. at 12 you're already selling <laughs> yeah <laughs> because so, yeah because you know like okay where's my next meal gonna come 100%, from 100 <laughs> you had to make that happen so yeah. you so you're this 12 year old entrepreneur uh making your way through alex what is it that you're selling at 12 um, it's oh, just like sweets, um, okay. chips, and I don't know if you remember in the township we had um those public phones. 
Yes, yes. Yeah, booth and phones and everything. So yeah. there was like... Good old blue booth, yes, right? Yes, yeah. Vodacoms and all yeah, these yeah. things. Yeah, so where I grew up, there was one container. So obviously when I come back from school, we'd chill next to the container. And I realized something that the cost to make a call for, um, what, a minute? It was 90 cents, if okay. I'm not mistaken. Okay. And a lot of people used to go there with like a rand to pay. And then they'd leave that 10 cent there. Mm. And it was so funny because I'm like, why are people like leaving that 10 cents? And something clicked. I'm like, but I need that 10 cent because <laughs> I know what I'll do with it. You know? And then so nice that um, the owner of that public phone was a very cool guy. And I went to him. I'm like, okay, can I buy gum? And leave it there. So whoever that doesn't want to take the ten cents, can they then take gum and then you put the ten cent in my Jeez, money? That thing. is really smart. And then they're like, oh yeah, sure, it's just ten cents, right? I'm like, okay, whatever. And then in like three days, like the gum was like already finished. And then they're like, oh, your gum is finished. You can come collect your ten cents. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, you know. And then I went back and then I put the same thing. Same three days, it's done. I'm like, ooh, this is this is working. Yeah, yeah, this is you know, this is working. And then I ended up going to buy your getters. So retail, um, well, street price for uh, your your getter would be fifty cent. Yeah. And then I went and I sold it for one fifty. I'm like, you know what? Whoever that wants to buy it will buy it, right? And then I go sure. and I put the thing there, and fine enough. In like next three days, gone. I'm like. Snap, this is it then. I, so you, you, you <laughs> understood from a very early age that if you can meet people at their place of need, right? So th- these are people that have gone to make a phone call. Yeah. But there's a convenience to getting a little snack or a sweet while they're there, right? You don't have to make it a separate trip to do that. How did you figure that out? Like, I, I most- honestly don't know. I'm not even joking. I'm not going to lie and be like, oh, like, you know, I, for me, it was a matter of like, how do I take that... 10 cents that they're leaving there yeah. legally yeah. without asking for it because yeah. if you ask for it chances of you getting it you won't huh. you know so i was like okay how can i go in there yeah. so and then as like that whole transaction was happening my mind is like opening up because now i'm like oh maybe i should like add more products then you know yeah. and the same guy had more than three containers right so I went back to him. I'm like, okay, oh, can you I? A, you had a distribution channel. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I went back to him. I'm like, can I now drop off my things in all your containers? He's like, yeah, sure. It's, you know, I'm happy that you're making money. Because sure, now sure. I had pocket money. Now I had money when I, you know, for lunch at school and everything. Wow. And I think what changed in like my life was when I took that money and I then bought um, school shoes. Because after that, I never looked back. Because for me, it was just a matter of like, okay. Dude, like you just bought like one of the most important um, things in your life, which is school shoes. Because my aunt couldn't afford to obviously buy, you know, school shoes and everything. I'm like, I just bought myself school shoes. This is like super cool. This business thing is my thing, actually, you know. And after that, honestly speaking, I never looked back because when I was in high school, what, grade 11, I've registered my first business. So I was like, I'm going to legally register a business because I know for a fact that I won't afford to go to university after high school. Mm. And I know for a fact that my marks will never be that good to get me a bursary, right? And also, I just want to be an entrepreneur. So I was like, okay, let me register my business and then I'll work on it here and there during like, you know, my grade 12 and everything. Mm. And I did exactly that. But with the concept of like, I thought like after high school, I'll be like 
boom, a millionaire, you know. We, we all like, do, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, you know. Because um, the first business that I initially registered was a cleaning company. Okay. You know, barrier to entry. So it was easy for, sure. for me to do that. And yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Didn't work out that way. No. <laughs> So, so tell me what you learned through that experience. What was what happened? Did it fail or it actually didn't? Because I kept, you know, reinventing my myself and like adding different products, basically trying out different things. Yeah, you know, but without me realizing, because after high school, you'd be told, okay, after high school, go get a job. You know, because I still I was still with my um, relatives and I was still staying with my relatives. You know, they also you know trying on this side and they're like, dude, you need to you know help now. Yeah, you know, you yeah. need to help financially. Yeah, I'm like, okay, but I'm trying this business thing. They're like, no, this business thing is not like doing anything. The only no, thing you get, keep telling us get a job, is, get a salary. Yeah, in exactly. Because the only Jeez. thing you keep telling us is I'm going for a meeting, but those yeah. meetings are not bringing you know sure. any income and. Yeah, that happened for what a good three years, flat, sure. no salary, nothing, you know. And I'm like trying and like obviously always borrowing money and trying to make get, this thing work. Yeah, yeah. And I was fortunate enough to obviously get a call from um, the Richard Branson School of Entrepreneurship. Okay. So then that like changed. How did they find you? Huh? Um. So. They came to Alex looking for entrepreneurs, and then I think someone somebody said you need to speak to the Robin Hood. Yeah, yeah. and then someone's like, "No, <laughs> I know a guy." Yeah, exactly. yeah. There's this like young kid that's yeah, like you know, destined for like all these good things, and they're like, "Okay, cool." And then that person told me, and then I sent an email. They're like, "Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, you have to come for an interview." And I was like, "Okay, cool." I went for an interview. Um, I had a business partner um, in school. I did like your physics and maths. Yeah. And he did your accounting, business studies, and and so I needed him. Nice complementary skills. Yeah, because yeah. I didn't have any ideas to like where to go and how sure. to, you know, but I had the ideas. So I was like, dude, come on board and then we'll, you know, do this thing together. And they're like, okay, cool. So when was this? In high school. No, no, no. When was the, oh, when was the Richard, Richard Branson? Branson yeah, it was experience. after high school. Was it 2011? Okay. I think. Okay, yeah. cool. How old are you now? 13. Okay. Spring so, chicken, huh? Actually, no, I'm turning 31 this month, so <laughs> okay. which is good. Happy birthday me. in advance. Thank cool. you. On the 26th of November. So <laughs> so you go to the School of Entrepreneurship. Yeah. Was that a, a really great launching pad for you? Did you learn a lot in that process that sparked the next phase of your entrepreneurial growth? Yeah, because, you know, you're an Alex. And there's literally so much information that you can access there. You know, no access to internet. Mm. Um, you don't have the funds to do certain things. Mm. So when I went to, to the Richard Branson School of Entrepreneurship, the nicest thing was that you get to f see and find like-minded people. Mm. Mm. So that was a game changer because now yeah. you guys are always um, sharing and like bouncing off ideas and people sharing their stories and their struggles and so it's like you found your kind yeah. and yeah there's more like me <laughs> yeah yeah exactly you and, know and entrepreneurs tend to undervalue the power of a network like that isn't it it can be a very i mean i say this often on the podcast but it, it's yeah. worth saying is that it, it can be a very very lonely job and having a support system like that makes all the difference even yeah. if it's just somebody to call and, and get a reflection or a 
experience share or you know ask for some advice I'm, I'm sure you remain friends with many of those people to this day i mean those networks are powerful aren't they yeah i think they literally contributed a lot to you know some of the successes that i have you know because you always have those people around you and yeah. and when you see um one of your own making it it's also like it gives you hope sure. that it's close to home. I can do it too. Yeah, exactly. So if he's already, you know, because in your mind you're like, we all starting here, and then you see them um, achieve and get all these things that they um, attaining, and you're like, oh yes, this is happening. You know, mm. so it's happening for them. That means it's close to home, and also they help you and give you advice as to, oh no, this is what we did, and that information is also like valuable, you know, and that yeah, that network played a huge um, role in like, you know, launching me as an entrepreneur. If this is your first time listening to The One-Eyed Man and you're wondering what I'm trying to achieve here, why don't you take a moment to go back to the trailer episode at the beginning of season one. It's really short, I promise, and will give you some insight and context. If you're enjoying the show, please consider sharing this episode or The One-Eyed Man channel with, well, all of your friends in the entire world. And now, back to the show. So let's talk about this business that you built. This. So, just, so where did the idea originally come from for Moby Wash? And how did you manage to scale? Because, I mean, the story of scaling it is quite an interesting one as well. When we were talking on the phone, yeah, it sounds like a good idea. And then you realize, you know, it, people need it. But in order to make money from it, yeah. I need to figure out how to, how to scale this thing. Talk to us a little bit about that journey. Yeah. So first business, cleaning company. Yeah. Right. I'm struggling, I need something that will bring food to the table, you know. I'm like, okay, what more, like, added products do I need to put? And 2012, going to 2013, I'm like, okay, maybe I should start a car wash. Mm. And I'm like, okay, cool, I'll start a car wash. But I'm like, no, I don't want a car wash in the township, <laughs> right? I'm like, you know, because there's so many car washes in the township. And I'm like, hey, why don't I just go to people's houses? So all the car washes in the township at this point in time are destination car washes. You yes. go, you take your car there, and yeah. I imagine there's a little spaza, and you can buy some stuff. Right. Uh, so it's a, bit, a little yeah. bit of a hub, right? Yeah. Like the old booths. Exactly. Right? So, okay. Yeah. In, but you're saying, let me turn this model on its head. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm like, no, I don't want, um, I actually don't even like the whole vibe at the car wash, you know. Maybe I should go to people's houses and... Like, okay, that sounds like a pretty neat idea mm. uh, because, I mean, I'm in Alex and I'm surrounded by all these cool, you know, suburbs. And yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to need to walk to all these places. So find the closest one and then go give out um, flyers. So I printed flyers and I'll go house to house and do that. So where do you start? Which Bramley. Okay, so Bramley's the starting point, yeah, right? Yeah, Bramley's the but starting point. But you walk to Bramley to yeah, do this. I walk to Bramley. It's not that far. You okay, know? so for people that don't know, though, like <laughs> that are listening to the show, it's still pretty far, right? Yeah, look, I What mean, are we talking, 5Ks? Yeah, basically. With a bucket and a sponge and... <laughs> yeah, so pretty much. <laughs> That's amazing. So, yeah. and then I'm like, okay, cool, but I can't be walking like with buckets and everything, man. This is so embarrassing. Like, okay, this is what I'm going to do because I can't even afford a bike then, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. There's a friend um, of mine who has a tourism company, but he does um, tours in Alex using bicycles. Okay. So I went to him. I'm like, dude, give me your bikes that are not like 100% or the bikes that you don't use. Lend me those bikes. I need to do this thing. Okay. Like, oh, okay, cool. 
whatever. And then he gives me a bike. I'm like, yes, this is perfect. Oh, amazing. So okay, now cool. I have a bike. Yeah. So I'm traveling to like activations and everything. With so like, I just want to stop there quickly, Grob, because there's something I've noticed <laughs> about your personality that I want to dig into. Yeah. You're not afraid of asking, right? No. <laughs> no, but it's amazing. Like the reason we're having this conversation yeah. is because I you send me a DM you. and like, yeah, let, let's have a conversation. <laughs> yeah. So, like a lot of people don't. A lot of people yeah. are just worried about it. And I keep saying to people, you'd be surprised what you get if you ask. <laughs> yeah. Um, where does that come from? Uh, I think like what I initially said, I think for me, if I have an idea or I want to do a certain thing, I always want to make it work. And if there's people around me that I can help think do that, yeah. can help, you know, bring those things to life, me, I'll approach you and, you know, and look, what's the worst that could happen? So yeah, they say no. Yeah, the yeah. worst is yeah. Sorry, exactly. Robert, why are you asking me for a bike? <laughs> you know what I mean. You'll survive. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. Look, I think growing up with like this, like circumstances that I had to face and everything, I think getting a no is the least of my worries. Mm. You know, uh, rejection. Yeah, it's like I think it, as as I was growing up, it gave me like a thick skin to like take it, you know. And hence, I'm slowly like dealing with my you know fear of failing, you know. So wow. like now, I'm like, look, if I fail, that's okay, but I'm not gonna allow myself to fail because even in failure, there's also a valuable lesson learned. So. I'm not failing actually. Sure. I'm just learning. I mean, that's know. a profound thought. So is that, yeah, yeah, so that's that's how I've like tried to move around because I'm like, okay, fine. If this didn't work out, you know, someone else might consider it a failure, but for me, it's a lesson learned. So what's more valuable than you learning something? Wow. But that idea that you know, worrying about getting embarrassed, asking is almost a privilege. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's an astonishing thought, isn't it? Like, yeah, exactly. I have never even thought of it that way. It's like, oh, I'm worried about that somebody saying no. I mean, that's a privilege. Like, cause yeah. you know, so, sure. so, so we're on our bike. Yeah. We we're on cycling our bike. to Bramley. Yeah, exactly. So buckets start, everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, buckets everywhere. And I'm like, this thing is literally like not going to work. Cause I remember there's a client that was like, okay, come wash my car. And I washed the car in Bramley and I'm on, I'm alone that time. By the time I was done with that car, I was exhausted. Sure. And I'm like, do I still need to go to another client? No, this is too much. I and can't. you're trying to do a great job. So you're exactly. probably working even harder on it, right? Exactly. Like, yeah. And I'm like, no, this is too much, right? And I'm like, okay, maybe this bike situation is not working. Okay, what, how are you going to do it? And I've like issued out like flyers, and but the response is very slow. Mm. And that's like frustrating me now. I'm like, okay, this thing is just like taking forever. And I'm like, you know what? Park the idea, find ways of how you can, you know, do it. And also, why are people not using your services? Because it's it's a very cool concept, you know, me not going to the car wash, blah, 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 mm. right? And I'm like, okay, cool. So 2013, 14, 15, I'm working on this thing, you know, trying to like brainstorm, but on the side, doing other things, you know, and I'm like, okay, with all the information that I've gathered, what else can I do? And then I started this um, entrepreneurship academy for kids and teens. Oh, wow. Um, okay. And yeah, and that started blossoming. Oh, wow. Finding okay. thing ever. So you had almost like a side hustle that <laughs> yeah. became the main hustle. Yeah. You so know, you could do the main hustle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Okay. You know, it started blossoming because 
it was something that I was passionate about because it was me helping kids learn how to start and run their own businesses mm. while they're still in school. Making more little Roberts. Exactly, yeah. 100%. Yeah. And I was like, Alexandra's Robin Hood, remember? Yeah, yeah. The information I had? Yeah. I went back to the township. Yeah. I started redistributing all that information. Merry men. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I started sharing all that information. And fortunate enough, I worked with, what, 680 kids um, so far, you know, that have initially started, you know, their own businesses. And we offered like That's mentorship, insane. you know, and yeah, partnering with different um, schools and high schools and all these things. So then that was like, okay, this is, you know, going somewhere and yeah, getting all this recognition, um, awards and everything. But my thing was, I need to get this company working. I think, you know, this is like a game changer. And then in 2017, I was like, okay, cool. I think I'm ready mm. to go back and reinvest my time into more the car wash, wash essay, yeah. you know? Okay, fine, where do we start? And then I started using WhatsApp. Mm -hmm. So, because of, you know, people were more familiar to Facebook and everything. I'm like, I'm no longer going house to house. I'm just going to use Facebook to send out, um, you know, flyers. I'll have a digital flyer. It's less pain for me. Sure. So I started less doing cost that. as well, I suppose. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so I started sharing that. Like, okay, please post this so you can share with your network and all these other people. And then people started booking on WhatsApp. But I'm still using bikes, right? I'm like, okay, no, the bike concept, I'm scratching it. I'll take a car. And then I realized that actually car is costing me a lot on petrol, Yeah. right? So now I'm learning how to like do this whole thing. And I'm like, okay, but look, let me just see if there's more people that need it. People are booking on WhatsApp. I'm like, okay, you know, I'm getting... So there's a timing element there as well, right? Because yeah. WhatsApp probably wasn't as prevalent or as popular when you were starting the business. And it helped that... By the time 2017 rolled around, it was everybody's primary form of communication. So yes. you you had your marketing channel that you didn't have. I mean, often, you know, you hear this in so many entrepreneurship stories, isn't it? Is that timing matters. Yes. Timing is, is imperative. And in some ways, it's it's quite difficult to know when your timing's off. Because yeah. in, the, in the middle, you just think that, you know, maybe, yeah. maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Or maybe I'm doing something wrong. But it, it sounds like from your story that your, your primary communications channel needed to happen for your business to become really viable yeah definitely yeah i think because more and more people um in south africa were slowly embracing technology mm. and me building a technology business because then business. I, yeah and then i didn't even realize that i'm actually building a tech company Sure. So, sure. Yeah. so for me I, my focus was the end product which mm. was um car wash you yeah. know but how people got access to the car wash was something that I didn't sit down and think about mm. thoroughly. And so, yeah, when people started embracing, you know, your Facebook, your WhatsApp, all these things, your Twitter and everything, it made my life easier. So that's when I was like, okay, cool. You know, more and more people are using apps and everything. And I've tested this with WhatsApp. So there is a market, you know. Okay, now how can I make it accessible to everyone? You know, because I don't want to be getting WhatsApp messages at 12 at night, someone booking for a course. Yeah. So I was like, okay, cool. I need an app. So I started doing my research. Okay, how much would it cost you to start an app? Yeah, prices were ridiculous. Yeah, I didn't yeah. have that amount of money. Lying like, around, yeah. Yeah, exactly, to invest. And I was like, okay, cool. What's the best move? 
you know what? You've been watching all these entrepreneurship stories and how people started their businesses. Use some of the ideas you got from them. Split the equity with whoever that needs to build you an app. Mm. So I did exactly that. I was like, okay, cool. We'll split the equity. Cool. That's fine. And guys um, helped me build the app. So now, same response that, so the app was live um, after a year. And I'm like, okay, cool. Now, everyone, we have an app. This is it. You know, you can access us. Things were not, you know, <laughs> as great as I anticipated. <laughs> the classic, if you build it, they will come. Hey, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, and yeah, it wasn't, you know, because for me, I don't know why I always have this thing. Maybe I'm like, you know, so positive that I don't see, you know, even the, you know, like. The possible downside. Yeah. No, but I don't think that's just, that's <laughs> not the only thing. I think sometimes we build these things up as being like magical solutions to, to our business yeah. problems. And marketing <laughs> is seldom a, you know, kind of just a, a, a wand that you wave and all of yeah. a sudden everybody just arrives. And, and sometimes we sell you know, an app will solve everything yeah. or, you know, a new website <laughs> will solve everything. And Definitely. they're just, they're a means to an end, not the end. Yeah. Um, yeah. So how did you fix that? Um, then I was like, okay, cool. People are not coming. Um, what's the problem? I'm like, okay, um, find like different ways of like doing it. And okay, fine. Maybe you need to like use your social media. And the funny thing is, so the same guy that I was with, um, I think as time went on he was like okay this is not bringing any financial gain to me mm, and i mm. keep like changing and adding yeah things. i keep improving yeah, the app yeah exactly yeah. you know before for zero and it's like okay you know what maybe i should like step aside I'm like okay cool that's okay now i'm like back on the road Did you still have the app at least yeah he was so nice and he's like you know what just yeah. take the app and the code and oh, everything wow. okay. um but just allow me to be able to build the exact same thing for other people. Sure. It's like, okay, cool, dude. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, I was like, okay, maybe I need to get investment. But what are you pitching? Yeah. <laughs> you know, just an app. Like, yes, I need to find a way of selling this app as like, you know, next best thing. And unfortunate enough, um, I did get investment. Okay. Yeah. So fortunate enough um, from, from a family friend and he was like, okay, cool. What do you need? I was like, I need this. And I need that. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'll buy you everything you need. Wow. Yeah. And then like got me a tuck tuck um, because I was complaining about the car is actually wasting a lot of so petrol. Fuel, it's, yeah. yeah. Too costly for me because I'm always on the road. I need something that's low on fuel, but that can fit everything because that whole concept of me being in a bike, mm. everything fitting in a back yeah. was always there. Always a problem. Yeah. Yeah. So like have that mindset. I don't want big, you know, installations and everything. So everything that I use needed to fit in the back. That was a concept that I used. So that's why I went for a small tuck tuck, fit buckets, fit our vacuums and everything, fit three guys for the driver. So, and then that really um, that started was the, That was the changing. Yeah, that, exactly. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and since then, it's really been a story of growth. Yeah. And 100%. The, the product was in and of itself part of your marketing, right? Because people are driving around in this cool little tuk-tuk. Exactly. There's a story. And that was a whole point. I'm sure it's good. Yeah, I'm sure it's sign written everywhere, yeah, right? Yeah, it's branded. Okay, brilliant. And, yeah. and that's, that's so, so, I mean, what we're talking about here really is the importance of access to capital. Yeah, um, pretty and, much. And because without, without that lever, yeah. without that accelerant, your very viable business doesn't exist because you keep grinding away on bicycles, yeah. lumping stuff on the back of the bike, but it's just not having the same 
traction. Yeah. And I think this is the story for so many entrepreneurs in South Africa is not knowing where or how to get access to capital like yeah. that. If you don't have a, a network or you don't have somebody in your family who perhaps you can go to, it's, it's a really tough. Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, looking at it from the other side now, you know, you've got this business that is surviving, thriving, doing well, despite the very difficult conditions this year, I'm sure, yeah. you know, with uh, us coming out of, out of lockdown restrictions, that's having a really positive impact on your business. Yeah. You know, when you look back on your story and on your experiences and on your learnings, I guess I want to ask two things. The first thing is, what do you want to say to big business in South Africa around its support and its understanding of the small business ecosystem and what entrepreneurs really need to succeed? I think it's firstly to the entrepreneur, right? For, for us to understand that the big business is in business. Yeah. We need to understand that concept before anything else. Yeah. And for the big business, I think they have to make themselves accessible, right? Accessible in such a way that for for a small business like Mobiwash Essay, it shouldn't take me three months to do business with you. You know, if things were made easier in that way, right? Because, I mean, small businesses create a lot of jobs. And, you know, like, for instance, Mobiwash Essay, without collaborating with any big business at the moment, we currently have seven guys that work for us. But we could do more if we've partnered or collaborate with more big businesses. I'm talking about like 30, 40 jobs, permanent jobs. And I think for me, it's just big business being accessible, removing all the red tapes, you know, to collaborate with small businesses and have systems in place, you know, where you guys can easily mentor and offer support to all these businesses that you are partnering with because mm. for me i don't want you to give mentorship and not give business because at the end of the day that's what we need yeah you know yeah. so while you're giving me business give me mentorship and give me mentorship on the things that i need because it's pointless for you to say oh we'll give you ideas and not ideas per se but like we'll give you information about hr mm. but i don't even i'm not even employing one person sure so sure. why would you give me that because that's irrelevant make it practical it make, make it topical it yeah. exactly because if you collaborate with me right i'm in business two most important thing is your hr and accounting offer those skills mm. right as time goes on if you want me to go into more product different offering or whatever assisting me then why don't you you know start helping me in terms of like scaling the business and all those things so i think that's what's important because fine we need the information mm. but to a certain level because you know at the end of the day you can give me all the information i'll go back to alex with an empty stomach sure, sure. so and for the young entrepreneurs that are listening to this that are identifying with some of the elements of your story and some of the frustrations you've wrestled with and the problems you've overcome what would your piece of advice to them be? Yeah, I think just surround yourself with, with, with the right people, right? Um, if you have a smartphone, you can easily access the world. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, like take, for instance, for this to have happened, I had a smartphone. I've never met you before. We're mm -hmm. meeting for the first time. Mm -hmm. I use my smartphone to connect with you. And today we're sitting here, mm -hmm. you know. So, yeah, respect social media. Mm -hmm. Treat it as a professional right people are making lots of money 
on social media and yeah and also just keep doing what you're doing and if you think it's the right thing just keep doing it just persevere know. yeah keep doing it and i don't necessarily like giving like you know advice but like if you think i'm doing something right and there's something that you can learn from me just yeah follow my footsteps i'm i try to be um as you know reachable and accessible and genuine as possible so yeah and i literally put like half of my life on social media so that you guys can learn <laughs> i can identify yeah. <laughs> yeah so my friend um which brings me to my last point yeah. of course which is the most important <laughs> point if somebody's listening to this and going guys great story but i've got a dusty dirty car that needs <laughs> to be fixed yeah where where can they find you tell us about all the different apps and yep. websites and things where where they can reach out what's the easiest way to book uh, a moby wash essay well the easiest way is for you to download the app basically cool. so it's available on all app stores yeah and it's just moby wash essay m o b i mhm wash essay one word okay so we'll put a link in the show notes as well so people yeah. can can find it from there yeah. yeah that would be great and yeah we are available on all social media platforms um it's m o b i w a s h s a moby wash essay also on twitter instagram everywhere facebook and we're very active as well so very active and yeah that's where you can reach us and for well if you want my twitter handle it's trebo mjali it's actually robert spelled backwards ah got you <laughs> yeah cool. very yeah. Uh, very um cryptic <laughs> so it's yeah. been just an absolute pleasure connecting with yeah. you uh we struggled to get the show together in no small part due to my uh my diary but um th- thank you so much yeah, not just so. for your time and for sharing of your experiences but just for not giving up yeah because i think a lesser person certainly i think i would have yeah. given up long before you did and yeah. You know the fact that you're creating jobs for people now, that you're impacting the lives that they support. Yeah. That that's an amazing story, and um, it speaks to your character. It's you know it speaks to your 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 DNA, and it's just a you know it's a real privilege having the opportunity to learn from you and yeah learn more about your business and how we can support and help it. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Actually, it's been a great pleasure. Appreciate Enjoy the rest it. of your week, man. Thanks, man. You've been listening to the One-Eyed Man podcast. I'm Mike Stopforth, an entrepreneur, writer, and public speaker, deeply curious about discovering better ways to lead and better ways to live in an increasingly complex world. I find the best source of these ideas is the experience and wisdom of interesting people who are taking unconventional approaches to solving the world's most compelling problems. If you'd like to hear from someone I haven't yet spoken to, visit mikestopforth.com. Click on the podcast link and send through your suggestions. A big thanks to the Solid Gold Podcast Studios in Johannesburg, South Africa for making this production possible. And remember, in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man slash person is king. You've been listening to another production from Solid Gold Podcasts.